0: Hey, good evening, afternoon, morning. Hell, I don't know where you're watching from. I don't even know what <laughs> time it is where I am. Gabe Diarman and Drew King live with you from Sacramento, California on the PowerMazoo.com live show because it's March and Missouri's in the NCAA tournament. And this is just what we do, right? This is a. Uh, this is every day now. We are uh, we are hanging out with you guys live. We will be here tomorrow night. I know we won't be Sunday because we'll be on the road. Correct. But there's now a decent chance we might be after uh, Sunday at some point, mm-hmm. and we are certainly going to talk about that. We will talk Missouri-Princeton for a bid to the Sweet 16. Drew, let's go yep. back to November 1st. Every – college basketball expert in America was predicting Missouri Princeton for a bid
1: to the. you're absolutely right Gabe That's... I don't know if
0: you remember that but I remember it
1: yeah I mean it was a consensus right the both Missouri and Princeton were both going to make the top 32 um to you know programs that were on the come up at the time and um <laughs> (laughs) really had a lot of, um, you know, a huge um, reputation for making deep runs in March. So, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I think we all saw this coming, honestly.
0: Uh, so, yeah, nobody saw this coming Thursday morning. We'll talk about it a little bit. <laughs> um, I want to welcome all you guys in. If you've got comments, you've got questions, throw them in the queue. We will certainly get to them throughout the show. Uh, producer Alex Stenman hanging out with us, running things behind the scenes, making our pretty graphics, m- moderating your guys' comments, all that. So appreciate, Alex. Uh, look, Missouri-Princeton might have been unforeseen in the Sweet 16. Here's what is foreseen. Um, If you get in touch with our friend James Carlton, you're probably going to save money on insurance. You're definitely going to be able to help out the University of Missouri. Go to CarltonInsurance.net. Give him a call. 314-961-4800. Like our guy Drew King has. uh, James is Drew's insurance agent. Save Drew some money on his insurance. Probably can save you some money on your insurance if he can't. Just tell him you heard about it on Power Mizzou, get a quote from him, and he's going to donate $20 to Power Mizzou's arm of Every True Tiger Foundation, Mizzou's NIL Collective. I uh, just about an hour and a half ago was hanging out with Lawrence Bowers for a little bit, uh, the executive director of E.T.T.F., and we've got some things going with them. Hope you guys certainly support James, support E.T.T.F., and... Maybe not most importantly, but worth it. Certainly support uh, what we're doing here at Power Mizzou and allow us to maybe be able to make another road trip here next week. Uh, we'll, we'll see. So, Drew, um, look, I don't think Missouri over Utah State shocked either one of us. Yeah. I think the fact that we were listening to Mitch Henderson in Princeton today rather than Tommy Lloyd in Arizona, uh, I think that qualifies as a shock.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many uh, – I think that was only the 10th time in, in college basketball history that the fifteen seed has upset a number two seed. Uh, 11th, okay. Um, but but And it, it is the third year in a row that it's happened, but it's still like a surprise every single time, right? Like uh, Princeton had no business beating a team like that, and they did it anyway. And they, they did it in a really surprising fashion too because um, – Arizona has not looked like that in almost any game this season. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely came as a surprise that Missouri was going to play Princeton tomorrow.
0: With eight minutes left in that game, Arizona was ahead by 10 points. The score at that point was 51-41. Over the last eight minutes, Princeton outscored Arizona 18-4. Uh, Princeton was 4-25 for 25 from three-point range three for five from the free throw line, and had one player score more than nine points. Like, if you look at that box score, Drew, you think Princeton lost that game by 25 points?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how they won that game because, um, I mean, obviously Tosan had a a great game, 15.7 rebounds, four assists. But I don't know that there was, like, a single player you could point to on Princeton and said, like, yeah, he won them this game Um, because Arizona, it was was really just one of their worst games ever, and it came at the worst time of year, Um, and it was definitely a credit to Princeton's defense as a whole, I thought. I I think Arizona didn't score in the final four minutes of the game, which helped Princeton rally back. So, yeah, um, just a really weird game, uh, especially for Arizona. So we'll move
0: on to today and tomorrow real quick after this, but that Princeton-Arizona game, was that more Princeton winning the game or Arizona losing the game, do you think? Because I I have a definite opinion about this, but I'm curious if, if we agree.
1: So, I mean, based on what we just said, right? Like Princeton did not shoot well from the three-point line and did not shoot well from the free-throw line. We barely got to the free-throw line to begin with. Um, they, they shot it pretty decently from, from two-point range. Um, but I also, like, we watched the last four minutes of that game and the broadcasters were talking about, like, Arizona's guards picked their worst game to or the worst time to, to have their worst game of the season, right? Um, so I, it was definitely... Partially, mostly Arizona not having a good game. Um, I I don't know how many times they've been held to 55 points this season, but I I would venture to guess it's less than three. Like It it can't be a whole lot that Arizona doesn't score that much because I knew coming into that game they had a lot of firepower um, and and played at a really fast pace. So, um, yeah, I, I think that Princeton's defense had a lot to do with it, but it was also like Arizona's offense not stepping up to the plate.
0: Yeah, I think it had, I think it was more Arizona played poorly than it was Pl- Princeton played out of its mind. Um, Cody says, let's go FDU. Drew, I don't know that you were monitoring the score or have the game on. There's 641 to go and Fairleigh Dickinson is on a 13, six run and leads Purdue 54, 53. And Zach. Holy moly. One and one. Um, I, I mean, Fairleigh Dickinson was in a play-in game. Purdue was number one in the country. So I think that's a good prelude to it is not a guarantee that Missouri wins tomorrow and moves on to this week 16, right? I I mean, there's a reason, for instance, a 15 seed. Missouri has not lost a game like this all year. Everything points to Missouri being the better team and the favorite. Yeah. But this is March, man. Like, this is, it's just different. And, here, here we got some of the numbers. So a couple things jump out to me here. First of all, I think people have this 1998 view of Princeton. That they want to slow the, like the Princeton team that almost beat Georgetown and Alonzo Morning when I was in high school and Drew was like negative six years old. Um, but they lost that game 50 to 49 and it was like take all 35 seconds on the shot clock and run backdoor cuts and do that. And and that Arizona game kind of reinforced it, right? It's 59-55, so people think Princeton wants to slow it down, dribble the ball 800 times, and shoot it with two seconds left on the shot clock. That's not true. Princeton is in the top quarter of offensive teams in the country. They average 75 points a game. They give up 68 points a game. They are not a great shooting team, right? I mean, they're not four for 25 every day. Yeah, They're 195th in the country. Uh, so this is not Pete Carrill even though it is a Pete Carrillo player coaching this team. This is not 1995 Princeton basketball. This is a team that is willing to play at a little more pace with a little more offense.
1: Yeah, what what I find really interesting about this Princeton team is that their adjusted tempo on Ken Palm is right at the national average, right? They average 67.2 possess- possessions per game, um, and the average is 67.3, right? So they're, they're just like a, 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 a tad below the average. Um, and, and so what that tells me, though, is that not necessarily that um that's they, they play at this steady pace and they they get to 67 every single time but that they're versatile enough to know when they need to play fast and when they need to play slow um and, and so you look at that Arizona game um Arizona was one of the top 10 fastest teams in the country they averaged 72 possessions per game Princeton held them to 67 right so uh, i think that they are capable of doing the same to Mizzou um and, and to slow the game down to a halt and and really um, grind out some of these possessions. But if, you know, they need to, get some points up in a hurry and they're trailing late in the game, they're going to be able to play fast too, right? Um, I watched them go up against Iona this morning. I watched their their game earlier this season um, and they didn't really have any problems breaking Iona's full court press um, and and being able to get to the rim in a hurry. So yeah, I I think that this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup. It's definitely not the Princeton that people are thinking of that won that NCAA tournament game back in the nineties though.
0: Uh, so we spent the day over at the golden one center. Um, Missouri Mm -hmm. had media day. Princeton had media day. I'm just curious. Um, because I had two main takeaways from, from the, from the day one, from each team. I'm curious kind of what your thoughts were after, you know, we went to the Princeton press conference. Uh, we went to Missouri's press conference. You were down in the Missouri locker room, kind of just, What's your feel? What what kind of was the main takeaway for you being over talking to the guys?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of them was just that like uh, Utah State's over now. Right. Like they, they have moved on. They are all in on Princeton. Um, like whatever kind of celebrations were happening yesterday are over now. Um, And that like they they are very much trying to get ready for this game tomorrow. Um, So it was I felt like a lot more serious tone in the locker room today as opposed to just yesterday. Right. And that's a really hard um, thing to do at this time of year. Right. Because you only have the one day to get ready. Um, And so um, like as much as we hyped up that they got that win for the first time in 13 years, um, they want to go even farther. So that was kind of my main takeaway talking to the guys today.
0: So it's interesting that 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 was your takeaway because I was at the press conference uh, for the Missouri players and then also with Dennis Gates. And my main takeaway was I haven't seen this team this relaxed all year. Like Mm. it, it, it was looser And it was more fun, and they showed us more personality than they have on any day this entire season. Yeah. Um, So I think that's good. Now, then we listen to Princeton, and you talk about how Missouri has moved past the first round and all that. And Princeton's press conference was almost entirely about, hey, what's this mean for the program? And, like, Mitch Henderson, their head coach, even said, like, he had to – he had to kind of explain to the guys after beating Arizona, do you understand what you've done here? Like how big a deal it was. And it is a big deal for Princeton. And I don't mean to negate that. Hell, it was a big deal for Missouri. Yeah. But I almost got the feeling a little bit that there's more of a, hey, we're happy to be here feeling on Princeton's side. Whereas Missouri clearly happy to be here. But if Missouri loses tomorrow, I don't think the team will consider this week a success. If Princeton loses tomorrow, I still think Princeton considers this a success. And I think maybe that's a big deal going into tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you because the standard that kind of Mizzou holds itself to, they should be a team like Princeton, right? Um, And we talked about how you know, no, quote unquote, nobody thought that they were going to beat Utah State. A lot of people are going to think that they're going to beat Princeton, right? All and to be. I,
0: I do want to say real quick, I asked Nick Honor that question. And I said, you guys have played the disrespect card all year. And now tomorrow, like, you're not going to be the underdog. You're favored and pretty much everybody is going to pick you to win, right? And, and he said, it's interesting that you asked that because i'm sure there's still some people out there that think we're gonna lose so nick honor is gonna do the michael jordan thing where he goes and reads the princeton student paper and comes in and tells his teammates look this sophomore from pawtucket says princeton's gonna beat us and we have no chance guys
1: it and it does like i I get where they're coming from too like I understand they still have that chip on their shoulder, right? Because people did not expect them to be this far into the tournament with a really good chance to make it into the sweet 16. So I don't think they're going to be, there's going to be a lack of motivation on their part. Right. Um But yeah, I, I think that people are going to expect them to win this game themselves included. Um, So I, I think it will be a little bit of a change of mindset for them.
0: And it's, like, I see both sides of this, and I think yeah. we talked about it maybe on the live show last night. Every day it blends together. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what I've said when. It's all the same. But, like, look, and Dennis Gates stressed this. If you are in this tournament, you are a good team. If you are in the second round of this tournament, you deserve to be here. Like, you've beaten somebody good. So, I don't want this to come across as – Princeton has no chance to beat Missouri. Princeton beat yeah. Arizona. Arizona's better than Missouri. Princeton could beat Missouri. You know, it could happen. That said, with eight minutes left to go against Utah State, I, I kind of made the point, why would you not expect Missouri to win? If, what What you're expecting if Missouri loses this game is that Missouri's going to do something that it has not done all year. If Missouri loses to Princeton, it will have done something it has not done all year. This is, without equivocation, if they lose this game, the worst team they have lost to this season. That does not mean they can't lose. But going into it, I don't think anybody should feel bad about expecting them to win and to advance to Louisville next weekend.
1: Yeah, I... I I think that's right, because you look at what they accomplished coming into the year, right? No bad losses, no quad two through four opponents losses. Um And they also, like every mid-major team that they went up against in the non-conference play, Pan included, another Ivy League team, they beat all of them, right? So um, this game is going to put that to the test a little bit because it's a really good, Non conference opponent is going to be on a neutral floor, which, um, the, you know, all the, all of Mizzou's non conference games were at Mizzou Arena, so, um, it's, it's Illinois, well, not Illinois, not um,
0: Illinois, Wichita, Illinois State. State. Wichita State, actually.
1: yeah, yeah, so they went 3-0 with them. that's true, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that Princeton will st- could potentially. St- Despite all that, still be Mizzou's worst loss of the year because Mizzou hasn't lost to those teams before. Right.
0: Yep. 100%. I want to say, first of all, it's 56 53 Fairley Dickinson with 245 to play. Before this show just turns into a play by play of, oh my God, is the 16 going to beat a one? Alex, can you throw up your graphic of the South region so we can take a look at, at what else has gone on? So, yes. Uh, the, the South region is set, right? Missouri-Princeton on the bottom. In the other semifinal, or not semifinal, in the other first-round game in Missouri's kind of quadrant, uh, form held. Creighton and Baylor are through. Top half of the bracket, Alabama, Maryland, San Diego State were all supposed to win. Furman was not. So San Diego State-Furman is the first game tomorrow. Uh, Alabama-Maryland is tomorrow. Creighton-Baylor will be Sunday. So three of these teams will be through to the Sweet 16 tomorrow. Uh, top half of the bracket, I think we've got to expect Alabama, San Diego State, right, Drew?
1: I would agree with that, yes. Um, I think Alabama is going to win the whole thing. That's who I have in my bracket. Um, Me too. And, and then, um, you know, San Diego State kind of in a similar position to Missouri, where you have a Furman team that uh, you know, pulled off a really big upset. And so um, I, I think that they're hoping to come out with a win in that one too.
0: So the other one is Creighton and Baylor. Um, You and I have talked. Mm -hmm. I think Missouri, now look, obviously Missouri has to take care of business first. I think Missouri fans should want Baylor to win that game. I think Missouri has a better matchup with Baylor than it has with Creighton. And I know we're looking ahead and don't get pissed off. It does not matter what Drew and I talk about on this show. We're just saying if they get through, I think Missouri should cheer for Baylor on Sunday.
1: And, and the reason that we agreed on that was because we think Creighton is is pretty heavily underseeded as a six seed, right? Um, I, I think that they have probably one of the most well-put-together starting fives when they're healthy, and they just haven't been healthy all year long. Right now they are, though, and, and they looked pretty good in their game today. So um, I, I don't necessarily think that Missouri matches up very well with them. Yep. That's kind of why I think the Baylor draw would be better for the Tigers.
0: And, and I think it because Creighton has Ryan Kalkbrenner. He's a seven-footer who was not offered early on by Missouri, who is from the state of Missouri, who may have a little point to prove to Missouri, even though it wasn't Dennis Gates. And Missouri don't have anybody that can defend that guy. Baylor will run with Missouri. They will shoot threes with Missouri. And they do not particularly care to play defense. Um, Missouri could win that game 93 to 91. Creighton would be a different style of basketball game. Um, So, and look, again, we are looking too far ahead. Missouri has Princeton at 310 local time, 510 your time tomorrow. We all understand this, um, but this is the beauty of this tournament and what we, what we can talk about and all that. Um, So, Look, this is it's St. Patrick's Day. It's Friday night. Uh, the The crowd is a little lighter. Fully expected that. So we're not going to do a long, extended show here. But, but Drew, let's just kind of finish this up with. Give me, give me a couple of things you're looking for for tomorrow. Like, first off, Missouri needs to do what to win this game? What. <coughs>
1: I think that they would need to kind of do a similar job as they did against Utah State limiting kind of the number threes that Princeton knocks down. Doing a similar job that Arizona did against Princeton, holding them to four of 25 and three of five at the free throw line. Um, Princeton, you know, they're not like a great shooting team, but they shoot a lot. Right. 40.7 percent of their field goal attempts come from beyond the arc, according to Ken Palm. Um, So this is going to be another team that tries to keep pace with Missouri by shooting from outside um I, I think mizzou has to go into this with a pretty similar game plan of of limiting those outside looks and, and trying to force princeton to go inside to beat them um and then number two uh princeton's guy toson uoma that's how you pronounce the last name i learned today um,
0: oh good i was not even gonna try
1: <laughs> uh toson uoma um he's a essentially a 6'8 point guard, Gabe, right? He has a really good handle, can see over the top of the defense, um, averages 4.8 assists per game despite being 6'8 and and playing at the power forward spot. So um, he's a guy that I I think could be a little bit of a matchup problem for Mizzou just because he's fast enough to keep up with Kobe Brown and he's tall enough to kind of overpower Noah Carter. So um, Mizzou's got to figure something out to slow him down.
0: Yeah, uh, 58-56 Fairley Dickinson with 123 left. Purdue just scored its first point in more than five minutes. Uh, I'm doing this mostly for Drew because I assume most of the people on the show are watching. Uh, So, my key is real simple. We have Kobe Brown and you don't have Kobe Brown. Mm -hmm. Let's go let Kobe Brown win this game because he's the best player on the floor. He played like it on Thursday. He needs to play like it again on Saturday. Um, And The second part of that is the most dangerous thing in this tournament is to give an underdog belief. Don't let them be close with four minutes to go. We're seeing it with Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue trailed by one at halftime. They never really stretched it out, right? They never got it. If you get an underdog down 10 points in the first half or early in the second half, a lot of times that underdog will understand, holy Lord, Fairleigh Dickinson just hit a three and is up five with a minute. Yeah. So, if you give that underdog belief, it becomes with every minute, it becomes more and more and more dangerous. You don't have to end the game in the first half, but like at the under 12 timeout in the second half, I remember distinctly sitting at Missouri Norfolk State and telling Donnie Proctor, who was sitting next to me with nine minutes to go, Missouri's going to lose this game. Because every time they punched, Norfolk State punched back. You've got to end the underdog's hopes early. So, that's it for me. So give me give me your Missouri X factor. Like, okay, we know kobe is is the guy, right? We know Des Moy Hodge yeah. probably is is the guy. but but what's the x factor here for Missouri?
1: The X factor here is going to be turnover margin again, right? Um, M- Princeton does not give the ball up a lot. They only give, uh, turn the ball over 16.9% of possessions. Um, and that was something that Utah State did really well too was, was to take care of the ball. Um, so Mizzou, it, needs to be able to get those extra possessions because they're not going to get a whole lot of offensive rebounds. Princeton's really good on the defensive glass, Um, and and so they need to be able to get those steals, push the ball in transition, um, score some easy layups, um, and, and kind of get Princeton out of its comfort zone too, right? I think that's what Mizzou did a really good job of defensively against Utah State was Utah State did not feel comfortable at one point during that game, right? I mean, they had the lead at some points, but It never felt out of hand. So I think that Princeton's going to kind of feel that same kind of pressure going up against Mizzou.
0: So I'm going to give you two things. Who guards Tosan for Missouri? Um, I don't think it can be Kobe Brown. You cannot risk that foul for Kobe Brown. Personally, I might go with Dre Gold. I know he's given up three inches for the guy. Uh, I don't trust it to be Mo Diara. I I would go with Aiden Shaw some. Um, I think Tosan presents maybe an athletic challenge for, for Noah Carter. I would go with Drake Olston if it was me. Um, the second key is, and it's not so much for tomorrow. It's for if Missouri is still playing after that. At some point in this tournament, either Nick honor or Sean East has to give Missouri something. It has to, and I'm talking before the last minute and a half of the game. One of them has to, Gonna have to be both, has to be one. Don't care which one to feel like you're going to get that next week if you're playing next week I would like to see it tomorrow so uh that's that's where I stand so all right uh Drew final thoughts man uh game at, game tomorrow afternoon we'll be live again afterwards but anything final you want to leave the people with
1: um just that we got more stuff coming out so be on the lookout powermizzou.com. um I'll have a story tonight I'll have a story in the morning um so yeah be just be ready for all of that so yeah,
0: I mean, we really have been working uh, you know, pretty hard out here and, and appreciate all you guys showing up here and all your guys' nice comments on, on the message board and all that. And I know you guys are appreciative of, of what we've done, so I just want to make sure you don't miss any of it. And uh, that's where we're at, guys. Hit yeah. the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on the podcast, share it on social media, say good things. And get in touch with our friend James Carlton at James Carlton State Farm Insurance in Webster Groves, Missouri. If you live in Missouri or you live in Illinois, you can get in touch with him. He's going to take care of your insurance needs. 314 961 4800 carltoninsurance.net. He's also going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective if you mention Power Mizzou when you get in touch with him. So we will be live at the Golden. Well, we won't be live. We're not allowed to be live at the Golden One Center. Correct. We will be at the Golden One Center tomorrow. Sometime after postgame press conferences, we will be live tomorrow night with you guys. And maybe we'll be in Louisville. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Uh, Gabe, should I close out the show by turning on the microwave or or no?
0: Yeah, go make yourself some popcorn, Drew, and watch (laughs) the last 45 seconds of Purdue Fairly Dickens. I got you. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all later.